It's a small world after all, and the Italians give us a stunning and unforgettable footage of a bike race. I think James Bond movie started with the bike race scene. That's kind of what we have here. Crybaby Julian Alaphilippe, he takes a big win. Chloe Dyker, she hands the gold medal to the Dutch. Ghana, he rides like bull. Wout does the almost boy uh, twice, some ins and outs of cycling. Joe Rosa, C Team CCC, Lotto, Monte Group Gobert, all big things happening in the world. Some things that make you go home. Fletch Willone, results and analysis of the men's and women's race. And folks, we have a Giro coming up next week. It's uh, exhausting. It's Wednesday, September 30, 2020, and this is the Between Two Wheels podcast, episode 204. And um, I'm going to bring in here, we're going to have a, a good debate going on today with our good friend, Chris Flower. Chris, I'll give you two minutes to talk about, no, we're not going to, we're not going to. Did you see the debate last night? And that's all I want to ask. Yes or no? I did. Yes. Okay. Well. That's that's all we'll talk about. How are you we'll doing talk today? Talk about that offline. <laughs> I'm, not... I, I'm good. I'm uh, I'm experiencing the rigors of not really doing much exercise. Where I, I slept last night and I woke up with like a knee ache. And what you do I, in I your sleep? That's age, or I don't know. Uh, beats me. I think it's just uh, however many months of reduced activity is is starting to wear on me. But. Yeah. You, you I'm should, doing okay. Uh, How are you? I'm fine. You, you, I, so I did a little, <clears throat> you call it a team camp? I think they did with a Folsom bike uh, this last weekend. And a, I had not been doing a ton of riding and they, it was, it was, it wasn't over the top as far as distance goes, you know, about 60 miles a day, but um, some huge climbing and you grew up in that area. It's down by Santa Cruz. So you, you'd know, and great, great weather, great climbing. Uh, and I just want to say to all those guys, great group of guys didn't have any problems, oddly. Um, one guy did want to throw me into a, a hole because I don't like red hot chili peppers, but you know, what are you going to do? Music. Wow. Congrats yeah. on, uh, on getting on that team, by the way. That's a good move. <laughs> I don't know that I got uh, on that team. I just know that, um, uh, they, they let us take along. I think that's what it is. Yeah. No, there, there's good riding there. It's, it's like I said, a lot of climbing in, in the mountain, then it's, it's really steep stuff too. There's, it's, yeah. it's either straight up or straight down. And, and I did take some video. There's some downhill that was ridiculous. Uh, we even had a Cameron Walker who went down at one point. And lucky that he went down and rolled. It was right in front of me. My camera just turned off, ran out of battery. And then he, like, bowled up, and there was a cliff off this. <laughs> and he did, it was kind of crazy. But um, <clears throat> wonderful riding, and uh, I had a good time. So I just want to say thanks to those guys, Folsom Bike guys. And, um, yeah, you know, I look for some normalcy coming out next year. Oh, one other thing, we, you know, we went by Bonnie Dune. I think that's the area out there to where California gone and just some devastated uh, fire that, are, you know, houses just flattened right across the road. That house is perfectly fine. You know, this one's burned and somehow it didn't carry over the, the eaves. It's crazy. Yeah, that's uh, that's unfortunate stuff. And it's odd having been in and around some of those fire zones for, for work. Um, uh, the kind of anatomy or, or life of a fire is odd where you can have 10 homes just obliterated and one home untouched. Yeah. Crazy. And then you're, we're, not, out, you're, you know, we're out there doing bike rides and that's what we want to do. <laughs> and you realize, oh, there's, there's some bigger things in the world. Um, why don't we sure. talk about, uh, the classics, the classics have started, <clears throat> then we'll go back and do, do worlds. I, I got a little highlight video. We'll run, um, uh, hoping we don't get a copyright strike on, <laughs> on that as well. Uh, but let's talk about flesh alone because the worlds I have the highlight video, but let's talk about flesh alone this morning. Uh, cause this is the big race that happened. And then we'll go talk about worlds. Um, so did you see both the men's and the women's? I imagine, I know you saw the men's. I actually went back and watched the women's after the men's and, um, okay. what'd you think of them? 
Uh, I watched the highlights of the women's race, and I caught about the last 40K of the men's race. It was, it was good racing. Um, <clears throat> it was kind of consistent for what I've seen in prior uh, flesh loans where it, it ultimately comes to the final climb in a relatively large group. It's not a three, four, five person group that gets to the base together. Right. Uh, it's kind of the, the reduced Peloton leading into who's got the, the kick for the last hundred meter effort uh, to get over that final pitch. But it was a, it was a good, good race in the men's race. From what I saw, there were some young guys that um, made some noteworthy efforts. And in the women's race, it was cool to see some good teamwork uh, come together for, uh, for track. They didn't get the win, but uh, it was, it was a good race to see them kind of work as a team. Yeah. Uh, so there was a guy off the front. Um, do you know his name? Is uh, Marie. Yeah. It's uh, Marie Van Savivanant. Uh, yeah. That guy. Savivanant. Um, was there any, have you seen anybody more pronounced in their body movement uh, to get everything out of their pedal stroke, every single pedal stroke than this guy? No, I mean, he was, uh, he was putting it in there. I think maybe he probably rode 10 kilometers further than everybody. If you were to like account for his lateral motion. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he had the, the head bob going, the, the shoulder bob. He was, uh, he was ducking and weaving everything. So maybe he was trying to get out of the wind and he thought he could avoid it that way. <laughs> he was like Tourette's meets uh, epileptic seizures meets um, one of the French writers. What's a, what's the, what's his name? Volkler. It's kind of like, it yeah. was, it was a little crazy and it was a little much at some point. I'm just like, someone catch this guy, put me out of my misery, but he stayed out there quite a long time. And then as you would expect, it's going to come down to the finish and you have uh, Iran. I mean, actually um, before that, Iran, what was he like nine, 10 K out or so he made a move and tried to, tried to close it down. They're like 50 seconds up. They had the climb before the finish and he cuts that down to maybe 20, 15 seconds and never could quite get there until it was right at the base of the climb. And at that point, you know, like you'd text me, Hey, he's trying to, you know, close a bridge, bridge the gap so that they can work together, which might've been, I, they still go up that cl last climb, the Hui so, so much quicker. I just don't think they, they had, they need like a minute almost. Yeah. I think it was like 10 K out and I, I'll probably butcher all the names here, but yeah, Ren, he, he attacked on the Cote de du Chemin de Gus. We'll say that's right. Right. Um, and, and he, he was getting really darn close to Van Sevenon. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, as we saw, he, Van Sevenon kind of, Paid the price for his youthful exuberance by by overcooking a corner, um, maybe two and a half, three k to go, and and biffed it into the bushes. Uh, it was a pretty quick recovery because you figure Iran was 10, 15 seconds behind him, and he was back on his bike, and Iran didn't catch him for another five hundred meters. That's true. So it was a. It must have been just like the most graceful landing where he was uh, like on his feet, back on the bike immediately. Yeah, he as you would sent me a text in the morning and you said he Mark Hershey'd himself. And I said, well, he kind of digered it as well. Um, maybe a little <laughs> right. more Hershey because he was able to uh, stay upright and, and continue on. And then, hey, portent of things to come. Oh, by the way, uh, Zimney just gave a reference that it was his riding was like Stefan Creason when sprinting. Those of you the locals know Stefan Creason. He does get a little head bobby or Eric Nelson maybe even. Uh, so anyway, they hit the bottom climb and uh, it, it was a bit different for me because um, Alaphilippe wasn't there. You didn't have Valverde. It's just some of these kind of known figures that it's they're, they're kind of finished. So you had Port, you had Iran who was hitting the front and kind of coming back. <clears throat> Hershey was there. So two 
do kind of quick steps that quit, faded pretty quick. Kosnafoy, he had his whole AG2R team on the front. First time I've seen him go yeah. up with a good climb in the near the finish since, you know, even during the tour. Hey, he was the KOM guy. I you know, know, but you know, a real climb where people were contesting it. He finally was able yeah. to do. And then Mike Woods. And EF had been, you know, up near the front there. And Mike Woods takes a dig, maybe a little early. It's it's really interesting because I watched the women's race and it's so much slower going up there. I mean, it's still better than what I would be able to do, but um in comparison, it's a bit slower. And there it's like a slow motion seated sprint between all them and the men are just crushing it. And, you know, a K and a half, I mean, that's, that, think about a mile, a mile climb. It seems like it's just this pitch that goes up, but uh, that's still a pretty good little segment to hit the, at the end. Yeah. And it, it, it seems like at least watching the, the guy's efforts today, the, the final 200 meters before it flattens out is, is the worst. So it's not like it's a climb that eases a, as you, as you approach the end, it gets steeper and steeper and steeper. And, that uh, that lactic acid buildup probably is just killing them as they're trying to give everything they've got to get up there. Right. So in in the end, Mark Hershey ends up winning, uh, followed by Kostnafoy, and then um, we had a, quite the fade at the end there from Mike Woods, not quite being able to uh, hold it up. And I, I thought it was you know pretty stellar of, of Woods in general trying to do what he was doing. But um, let me just see if we can see the results here. It might be a little small, but Hershey, Kostnafoy, Woods, Warren Bargi, Den Martin. Kwiatkowski. Kwiatkowski was the other one that was right up there and just mm-hmm. was fading. Uh, Patrick Conrad, Port, Pogacar. Pogacar was up there as well. Um, Simon Geschke. And other than that, are you seeing, you know, Rudy Millard, Harada? Like I said, it's just a little bit different of a group this time than you're typically going to see uh, on the on the Mir de Hui. Um, without yeah. uh, and and so why was Valverde? I mean, um, well, Valverde was one. Just did the tour. Uh, you know, this whole compact season. Why wasn't Alaphilippe there? I think he's just wrecked right now. I mean, he coming off the tour, coming off Worlds, coming off celebrating Worlds. Uh, he probably needed a couple days of recovery because um, I, I think he's targeting Liege Best on Liege and probably wanted to give himself a couple days to to get his legs back under him so he can put in a genuine effort there. Right. Uh, but I, even like, you know, there are guys that are probably <clears throat> yeah, like Tom Dumoulin today. He, he kind of faded off the back of the group and a couple other notable guys did the same. And are they just really tired? Are they saving their legs for this weekend or, or what's going on there? But yeah, it was kind of a, a, a not as star studded finish. Yeah. Uh, and just go around. And there's only so much you can do right with this compact season and so much you can hold on to. And I think, yeah, that, uh, Dumoulin's probably hit his peak. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys, evidently Hershey has hit his peak. What do you think about this kid? 22 years old, um, near misses in the uh, in the Tour de France, getting finally getting his win in the Tour, and then just coming out on this one. And Worlds, I mean, kind of the... Yeah, no, he's he's riding incredibly well, and he he's just an aggressive, poppy rider. Uh, I mean, you saw the finish there where he came around Woods. He had the energy to not just come around woods, but fly all the way across the, uh, the road to get on the left side of the barriers there. So he's, he's got some, some pep. So he's, he's a fun rider to watch where he can contend those short punchy climbs, but also still be there in some of the, the longer efforts. So he's, he's definitely a solid rider. And I think the, he's coached by Cancellara. Is that the story there? Uh, either coached and, or that's his, like his, uh, manager. I don't know if he's being coached. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's getting business advice. It seems like from the, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it, it seems to be paying off though. Whatever, whatever he's doing for training. But there were quite a few young guys that are, are kind of making names for themselves right now. You've got 
Hershey, you've got this fan Sevenant, um, and then uh, a few others in, in the tour that were really notable. Um, Nielsen obviously was putting in good efforts. Pogachar, uh, kind of a new age, if you will, maybe of, of kids coming up. I don't know. Yeah, and then don't even think about, I mean, forget about Bernal. I mean, <laughs> you know, he's, yeah, that's all, true. These, all these crazy. Uh, did you know anything about Mark Hershey prior to the tour? No. Right, he's, he, I don't think I've heard his name. Right, is that because he rides a smaller bike than you like? Because you know all the tall guys, right? <laughs> I can tell you about the guy here that was in the break if you want to know about him. But, Which one, DeMarche? Um, no, um, I've already forgotten his Pichon name. Pashan or something like that? Uh, Matthias Pashan. Yeah. What about he's him? A big guy. He seems like he'll be a, a good classics rider. Yeah. 6'2", 185. He was Maybe riding on one of those Conti teams, right? Yeah, he was on... Uh, Circus Joker Global. I don't know what they're called. Excellent. Uh, one of those teams. But what, what about the, no, the uh, I, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, if you wanted to go on from there, I was going to just ask about the women's race, but um, go ahead and finish what you're saying. And then we'll talk about the women. Oh no, it's just, uh, it, it, it's cool to see some, some new names get an opportunity to, to put themselves out there. And I don't know if that's a, a function of the reduced schedule where some of the bigger riders aren't able to hit all these races. So they've got to take a few days off, which, give some of these non-marquee guys an opportunity to, to get out there and, and kind of show what they can do. So, and, and at the same time, uh, Sunweb doesn't really have uh, a prominent rider that they can throw out there to fill that role. So yeah, as we saw on the tour, it's a good opportunity for everybody to kind of get their shot to have a good day. Two guys I'm still looking to see get their shot at all this year is um, Travis Cabe, <clears throat> Travis McCabe, and then, um, What's the other guy that signed with them uh, from uh, with Israel Startup Nation? Um, the Canadian, um, not coming to me. He, he was in there today. Yeah. Um, oh, was he in there today? Okay, I know good. Yeah, he he finished in like uh, he was he was on the on the finishing sheet. So I think he was a, a couple minutes back. Okay, but, uh, okay. it was good to see him up. At least there. he's getting some uh, starts time. Um, when well, that'll, that'll come to us. Maybe someone could chime in with. Uh, didn't he win the Tour of Utah? Was that the last one? won something and then Probably. you got that uh, pickley there you go james pickley yeah um okay so the women i i looked at that one it looks like they were just doing kind of a 20 30k circuit going up the hui so they went up there at least two or three times and uh okay. kind of it was a break off and then and they had bad weather so they get the bad weather they get the the circuit that they're going over the hui a bunch of times and then they got some live tv which was a good thing so all just like the men's race, though, comes down to the finish. All the teams are, are poking in there at the front. And Amanda Vandenbergen yeah. uh, uh, just sets pace from the bottom, lets someone come over her a little bit, and then takes over again and crushes her for the finish. It's kind of demoralizing. Like I said, it was pretty slow pace, but they were grinding yeah. and just spitting people out. And, um, yeah, so she, she gets a win. And the first win in the Rainbow Jersey. In the first ri- race, in yeah, the first race well. in the Rainbow Jersey, yeah. too. and that was her her sixth uh, flesh loan in a row. So I, I think she has Seriously? ownership of that race. Yeah, that's that's pretty. Um, you know, just going here, the flesh loan. So last few years, you've had Valverde won from 2014 through 17, then Alaphilippe from 18 to 19, and I could see Hershey going going from 20 to 24 or something like that. He's kind of in the yeah, same vein. It, it seems like that course suits him well. So. Uh, Vanderbergen, that was obviously, you know, spot on. And you'll talk about her a little bit later, but uh, not much. Just, I mean, I'm watching this there and I'm, I'm seeing another one of the ladies. Um, and we'll pull up the results here, getting coming past her a little bit. And I'm thinking at some point, it's just it's just not going to last. I just don't see it. 
yeah. her being able to hold her off because she's so flipping uh, strong. And it just wasn't, yeah. especially when they're going that slow. It just uh, didn't really. So I think that was Demi Vollering that, that made an effort to get around her on the climb. And um, Vanderbriggen was like, eh, I'll, I'll jump right past you. And, and Vollering kind of faded a little bit. She yeah. was able to hold on to third while uh, um, Cecilia Utrip Ludwig, she came in second. She had a little bit of a mechanical, I think, within right. the last 10K as well. So I don't know if it was a flat or a, a bike issue, but it was good on her to, to chase back in. And still finish second with yeah. that going on. And I don't know if you were able to see, but uh, Lizzie Dynan, she kind of made a, a, a resurgence near near the end. Um, she ended up getting fourth, but I thought at some point she might be able to catch it because there's a little bit of a gap to the first three. Like she was going to catch and maybe go past. Borghini was up there, uh, Molman Passio, and Mariana Voss, uh, Niwa Doma down in 10th place. <laughs> Hey, some good showing by all them. And um, good thing, you know, it's pretty cool that they had, they had live TV. But how many wins did you say in a row now? Six? I think six, yeah. It was so you said Borghini got fifth, or did she get what was her place? Uh, yeah, fifth place. Okay, and then Dagnan was fourth. I'll bring the results right back up. Uh, so Utrip was third. Uh, Bullerine third. I'm third. Second was Utrip. Sorry, uh, fourth with Dynan. Borghini fifth. Sixth with okay. Passio Muman. Um, Michaela Harvey. I don't know who that is. Leon Leipert for Team Sunweb. Mariana Boss in ninth. Niwadoma 10th and I was trying to see here we had uh, uh, Grace Brown Lucy Kennedy and Michigan Scott teams down there um, they were kind of leading the pace for a while there but they didn't get the 13th and 14th Tipco Lauren Stevens yeah. she was up there near that on that finish uh, in good spot and then just really I'd say the last 400 meters just started to fade she was kind of holding that front group and then just let it go but, um, yeah, I think what I saw, again, I didn't see the whole race. I saw the highlights, so you can probably correct me if I'm wrong. But it looked like Trek was putting in a lot of work to get, um, I guess, both Borghini and Dynan kind of in, in protected position to get to the climb relatively fresh. And uh, Ruth Winder was on the front a lot, it looked like, uh, kind of keeping pace high and, and kind of keeping those riders protected. Yeah. Um, it'll good be, to see that team effort. Right. Uh, it's good to see. And and. It's, it's what's also interesting, though, and you could see that with this, and, and we'll talk about it kind of with the worlds as well. Uh, the depth of the field is not quite like what it is with the men's. And with the men's, the, at some one point on the, on the worlds, at least, we saw Pogaccia going off the front, and the men's team is all there, and they're chasing, and you look at them, and they're kind of like spread across the road, but they're flying. Whereas the women's yeah. race, Vanderbrugham's up the road, the teams are all spread across the road, but they're not. It's not that same depth of being able to just crush it, where these are more like... Uh, but it's it's that's why you get uh, someone women uh, a woman there winning you know time after time after time. But the more you get kind of this good competition, these good races and TV time, I think the the better the fields hopefully will be at some point. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've got coming up Liege Baston Liege uh, that's on the fourth, so that's this weekend. Uh, you told me Amstel Gold was canceled and the Brinkbank Tour, which started yesterday, we saw a stage of it. Um, I guess some of that is canceled. What's your updates on those? Yeah, so I, obviously Amstel Gold's canceled. Um, and, and for Bink Bank, it's stage race that kind of bounces back and forth between Belgium and the Netherlands. And it sounds like the time trial, which was today in the Netherlands, was canceled. And they're trying to reconfigure the route to keep the, the remainder of the race in Belgium so they could keep it going. Uh, they said they had a plan A, they had a plan B, and now they're kind of scrambling to put together a plan C. And um, the hope is that it'll keep going, but the, the the updates haven't indicated anything new beyond that. So 
Gotcha. Uh, I think it's going to be kind of figured out as they go from here on out. All right. So keep your uh, you know hopes up on that. Uh, Liege, though, hopefully we'll get that going. And that, that's you could see then. Um, now, Liege is going to, it's not going to see anybody that's doing the Giro be able to do that. So maybe some of these guys that did the tour can still kind of work that one in. Guys that are planning for the Vuelta, if they haven't done yeah. anything, they can obviously join in that. I just wonder at two weeks out from the tour if that's going to give us anything. Okay, so let's talk about Worlds. And um, with Worlds, there was some conversation about is is Worlds going to be uh, good for a guy that just came out of the tour or not? I, I think you had talked about, yeah. I had talked about that. Lance Armstrong was saying, no chance, you're too burned. I had seen an interview with Chris Horner, we, we did with uh, Jeff Linder, and he's like, are you kidding? When I came out of the Vuelta, I was flying, and he's like, I was the best ever going into Worlds, and he's like, you're going to see someone from Worlds uh, win that had done the tour. Sepkas had thought the same thing, and in the end, you saw a lot of people from, well, except for the women, but uh, – tour making it happen so yeah. um and i think it was an odd one to really predict because i know everybody said oh it's gonna have to be somebody coming out of worlds but uh, i don't think that the following grand tour is typically stacked that closely to the, the the prior grand tour so you've got guys that are coming off great form coming out of the tour but at the same time you've got guys who are ramping up with great form that are doing the shorter stage races at the same time to prep for the giro so you, you kind of get a perfect storm of people that are collectively in, in great shape. And I think the final break there did have a non-tour racer in One. it, but it was, uh, yeah. But at the same time, the guys that were still in, in the final move were, were all high, high, high caliber racers. Right. And I, I think it's also whether they've been a little cooked from the, the tour or not, you saw all that cream of the crop come out from what, kind of what you would expect for those top guys. And they yeah. just had so much fitness and, and suffering in the last month that I think for them when it was really hurting, I mean, 250 some K, uh, you know, you're, you're able to at least push down a little bit better than the other one. So I, I've got a little video going here. Let's do a, um, highlights and we, we can talk about it. So it's, we're just going to go straight through yeah. from the men and the women on the time trial. Let me know if you got this pretty going here. It should be, uh, there we go. So Chloe Dagger starts out the time trial. She's flying at the, the cutoff, at uh, the first 14 K and the men and the women did the same route. So at one point she's, I mean, you can see up here, Rusler, I think she ends up second place. She's already up around like 30 seconds or so. Um, Van Dyke had come in with a hot time. Uh, Lauren Stevens had done well with the USA and then boom, this is, I'm watching this live and, and it's pretty horrific and uh, looks like, yeah, that's, that's not good at all. And, and some breakdown from that, from her coach, Jim Miller, and others are basically saying that it was mechan it wasn't mechanical. It was all her being in the drops and basically having a an issue with uh, the speed wobble. So, yeah, yeah, I, I know there was a lot of quick internet speculation of like, oh, she rolled a tubular, she got a flat, her 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 uh, steerer tube broke, every everything under the sun. But it was good to kind of hear some some information straight from the horse's right. mouth about what really happened there and. You almost got to wonder about the placement of those pads. If they had extended out of, you know, to the exit of that turn, if she had just been able to bounce off that, get back on her bike and keep riding, it, it may have been a different day for her. It was. And her, her I guess her, <clears throat> her injury on her leg was pretty severe. So, you know, hey, that's the bummer. And then Vandenbergen uh, ends up getting the win for the time trial. Now, the men's, uh, we had just seen where the uh, Ghana had, and you're looking going to look at the top four here. So, um, mm -hmm. Garen Thomas does well at um, Torrento Adriatico. But Ghana came out of Torrento with a scolding time. 
So Thomas goes through here at the first check, 25 seconds up, and we're like, hey, he's pretty good. Evidently, he didn't have his yeah. Garmin and or power right. to be able to check anything. Wout, on the other hand, come out of the tour, Belgian national champion. You expected him to do well. You don't just don't know how much. Like, he had not been able to. Kung came out of the tour as well. Brad, uh, I'm sorry, Thomas had not. And at the first time check, you already wouts down a little bit. But uh, Ghana has been able to ride his time trial bike, you know, the whole last month where these guys haven't been able to. Who'd you expect out of like these four to really lay it down? Oh, Ghana. Ab absolutely. Like he he absolutely crushed the uh, Italian time trial not that long ago. Um, like you said, he's he's had the freedom to kind of train a little more on his TT bike. What about um, the high bars there? The, it puts him in a good position. I mean, his, his head's below his shoulders there and he's got a pretty narrow profile. So, and he's a bigger guy. He's got the world record for the 4K pursuit where he puts out something like uh, 600 watts for four minutes. So he, he's a powerhouse guy. Um, he's probably ridden this course a few times once it got announced. Uh, so he definitely had some of the items working in his favor, and it doesn't help that he's just probably putting out a, a ton of watts. So he was he was my, my favorite for this race, and I was kind of hoping for a good performance from Wout because, uh, you know, he, kind of root for him after all the work he had done at the tour. But um, yeah, Ghana was definitely the guy to beat. Yeah. And I just heard there was someone in the car on, I don't know if it was an Italian time trial or what did they want to have at Torino? They had the Garmin with um, Ghana and they accidentally uploaded it to Strava <laughs> and um, his was like 500 Watts <clears throat> for the time trial. It was like something ridiculous. So um, he's obviously, uh, when I saw that, I was like, Oh yeah, he's kind of got it. Yeah. It was, and then um, Rohan Dennis didn't exactly have the the best of days either. I mean, he did well, but he was um, behind his teammates there. It was, it was a good showing by Ineos overall. Yes, they did well, they uh, obviously, Donna, for the they two. Had Thomas, they had Dennis. So they, they had a good team out there. But. Right. And so you end up with Ghana just killing everyone, beating Wout pretty handily in a sense. Um, yeah. Garrett Thomas not quite making the podium because Stefan Kung, who had also done the tour, and then, oh, uh, Adam's family looked there, um, job wout with the hair. And uh, Dennis not doing any speed wobble coming in. He got in the top five, I want to say, but uh, it was not stellar for what uh, what you would expect from him. Yeah. Yeah, so then uh, obviously Ghana gets the win. They all get their masks on the podium. Wonderful stuff. Uh, Tom Dumoulin down there in 10th place. Then we go into the women's road race. The women's road race, um, let's see, it was 144K had that amazing loop. Um, the first four to last few times up, um, you got Annemiek van Vluten leading out with her broken wrist for, uh, Vandenbergen who takes off and just kind of smothers the race at this point going all the way through the top and not really having much of a, of a problem from there on. Right. Yeah. Uh, Vandenbergen just kind of owned the race and, you know, she had van Vluten there to be kind of, a the, the follow, um, rider in the event anybody chased her, but she just rode away from everybody. It, it looked like it was just a, a casual day for her. Right. So one lap to go. She has a big gap <clears throat> and she ends up just pouring it on. Um, no one really was able to make a concerted effort from the teams behind. Like I said, they're all spread kind of across the road, coming to this little uh, motor park here. Uh, easily done. She had the time trial from you know a few days previous and easily 
win for her. And then let's see the finish here. I don't know if you're able to see that with Van, uh, Van Vluten yeah. and her broken wrist. She comes in with, I think, I want to say, uh, Borghini here. Watch her trying to groan right. a wagon her into the final <laughs> final barrier as she's losing it. Right here, she's like, oh, you're, I opened the door. I'm going <sighs> to, almost. Not uh, just as it closing the door. I mean, you're not thinking about it in the heat of the moment that you're you're closing the door on the broken wrist side of the rider next to you. But right. yeah, so, that was, uh, I mean, she got relegated via the race anyway. So she ended up getting third. Right. Uh, that, that was a good, powerful sprint for Ben Bluten there in the end. It was. So the men here, and, I mean, 70K to go, the field is pretty much all intact. And the French do what I didn't expect them to do, which was come in and just really put the hammer down. I mean, this thing was lined out, first of all, going into this climb, but even before that, it was lined out all the way. They come into the climb uh, with 40K. That was like three times ago, I guess. And then two times in, um, Pogacar decides that he's going to, I don't know, was this a move for Roglic? I assume it was. I I would assume as well. Uh, I mean, I, from what I re- read prior to the race, they were working for, for Roglic. Um, it was a good move. Um, he, he definitely held a gap for a while. And, you know, you, you make a move like that and you're riding the form that you had in the tour, you're probably hopeful that you can hold it out and, and get the win yourself. But it was a, you know, it was, it was a solid effort. Yeah. So he ends up going up. Then the next time up the climb, Dumoulin does a good move to catch up to him. And not yeah. sure what the deal was with that other than maybe just try to try to stretch your legs a little bit. But you could, the field was already big time reduced. Iran goes because there's two kickers for the finish there or the, the climbs. Iran gets to go up there. He makes his little move. You got Landa and some of these Spanish guys. And uh, Carapaz was in the mix. But really, when it came down to it, it was uh, it was really all just what these six guys. This is where Alaphilippe tacks in the big ring with Roglic, Kwiatkowski, Wout, Hershey, and Fulsang. Yeah. And of those guys, the only one that wasn't in the tour was Fuglesang. Right. Uh, but but he is obviously based on this result in good form. He had a really good Lombardia, so he's he's a powerhouse guy. And I think he's going to the Vuelta. Yeah, I believe so as well. And obviously he could have done the tour. Um, very strong guy for yeah. for the team he rides with Astana. Uh, and you just saw um, Roglic having some trouble here, uh, trying to just hold the wheels and hanging out with Wout. And you you think tend to think that. Um, and actually, look on the back there was Hershey. It looked like maybe he was having trouble as well. You think that yeah. uh, at this point, Al Philippe has a bit of a break. What we see, fourteen seconds there with four five k, and Roglic didn't do a ton of work for. Um, for Wout, and in the end, Alaphilippe gets it. You think uh, Roglic should have done a little bit more, or could he have? Uh, I can kind of take two sides of that. I would say, so I was rooting for Wout. So for me, yeah, Roglic, get to the front and pull this back. If you're Roglic and, you, and you're racing for the intent of racing, sorry, Wout, today we're not teammates. Um, you know, if you look at um, Pogacar's attack and – the team uh, that Slovenia sent there to, to set Roglic up to win. If he gets into that group and then kind of burns himself out helping Wout, uh, that's not a great look for the Slovenian team. So, I, you know, as, as a fan and, and somebody who was rooting for Wout, I would have liked to have seen Roglic go up there and, and put in some, some bigger efforts to help pull that back. But the same could be said for everybody in that group. It, it just seems like uh, a lot of those races have that dynamic where somebody gets away and if there's no actual team presence in, in the reduced chase group, everybody looks to everybody else and it actually works to the benefit of that solo rider. I mean, those five guys should have had the legs to pull him back if they had just like, 
okay, let's get a rotation going and, and put in some efforts. I mean, Alec Leaf's a strong guy, but those five guys on the relatively flat ground should have um, should have been able to pull him back. So the problem with well, it worked out perfect for Alaphilippe because he has Wout back there in that group. Who in that group, besides that's what we just mentioned with Roglic, is going to work to bring Wout to the finish? Absolutely none of them, right? There, there's no, no one wants the shot at, at at him. I mean, right there we just saw he's leading out the group, has done a bunch of work, yeah. and still easily beats the field. So they're not going to take that risk. But then it is it's worlds, right? And at the same time, it's like okay, so you're not gonna work to pull the win back because you think the other guy that's with you might get the win. So you're guaranteeing yourself the opportunity to not win. I mean, yeah. you might be able to, you don't know how well it's feeling in that instance. And if you work with him to pull him back, he might be exhausted and not have a sprint. The only way you're going to find that out is to do it. But if you just let Al Philippe go up the road and look to go out to pull it back, you're pretty much guaranteeing yourself no shot of winning. Right. John, so I, 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 I'm with you there as well. Uh, John Meals just chimes in here. He says, Roglic finishing last in his bunch showed he didn't have anything to give. That was actually going to be my point um, because you... Or he I, can't sprint. Well, no, no, I, you've seen how he's been able to kick uh, with stuff. He's been able to yeah. hang with Roglic. Honestly, they, he, they both outkicked Hershey on stage eight, I want to say, when Hershey was up the road and they yeah. came to him. He was able to outkick him. He was solo him. for how many of those miles? Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm saying Roglic <laughs> is no... <laughs> he's no uh, Dan Martin, or I don't know who's a. Uh, he's no uh, Roman Bardet as a sprinter. I think he he would do he's just no fine. No Primoz Roglic, that's right, for sure. Right, right. So, well, Primoz Roglic is no Primoz Roglic. Uh, right. Anyway, I think that that actually says something there. And you're right. There's all those weird dynamics, and you know, then it takes me back. You're just just to kind of counter what you said there, though. Um, these guys are all top-notch professionals, and you don't race for second place. I remember seeing um, Chris Horner in the tour when he rode with Sonia Duval. I'm trying to remember the French guy that he was up there with and the guy basically wouldn't pull through and they ended up getting caught right at the line because Horner's like, I'm only racing for first place. What's, what's the point? So if he doesn't do the tactics, do as you want, you get caught, you get caught. And that's kind of, kind of what they were doing here. They were hoping that Wout would take it on himself and do it. And they, they were pulling through, but um, Alaphilippe gets the win and nothing wrong with that. I mean, other than the fact that he was crying again over the line, I did let out some F-bombs and objection to that. But, uh, you know, uh, can't always have him crying. I do like the way he races, though. Yeah. I mean, he, he he goes out and races. He animates races. He attacks, and, and he, he puts in some really solid efforts. I mean, what was it, stage two, one, two? Two. When he got the yellow jersey at the Tour. Uh, I mean, he, he actually goes out there and, and races, which is good to see. And I think, you know, in spite of the fact that he rides for the powerhouse team of uh, Dakota Quickstep. I think he'll be a good guy to have in the jersey because he's definitely a guy that'll be out there racing and, and making a good show of it. No, I, Not I, that Wout wouldn't be, but... No, no, and I and I agree with that. Uh, you know, the fact that he rides... Dakota bothers me. Uh, that's that's whatever it is. Uh, how he races is is phenomenal, and the fact that he always put... I mean, look what he was doing here. You know, he, he lays it down. He puts his French team, pretty good-sized team, on the front for him and then pulls it out. Eh, you, you really got to, I haven't seen a, a, you know, a Frenchman fight like that since Lafayette in the Revolutionary War. So good. This, good he to is see. a little animated. He does have a little bit of like vocalism to him when, when he's, when he's starting to like fade from a group or right. something, he, right. he, he breaks out the, the facial expressions and the uh, excessive body gestures and whatnot. But eh. Uh, I, I appreciate the way he races. Yeah, he's got a few things to learn from his teammate, Van Seven, uh, not or whatever, because that guy, 
like I said, he was he was really animated. I don't know. Any any last comments about Worlds? <laughs> um, US didn't do so well. I think Sep finished. I think that's about it. That was as good as we got. Yeah, we had one finisher. I think Sep came in fifty third. It was it it was a cool race. Worlds is always fun. Um, I, I know that they're hoping for a, a different type of course in, in Switzerland, but they got what they got. And, uh, it was, it was a cool course. The scenery was amazing. Like you noted the, the panoramic shots that they had on the ridge there with right. kind of James Bond-esque. Um, and it was, it was interesting to see the roads because they were consistently just narrow, narrow, narrow roads. And I know part of it was on a race course and I don't know if those, loops through the hills were part of the race course or, or not, but it was, um, it added some challenges because I know some of the guys can descend like maniacs. And if you're reducing the width of the road in, in half, yeah. uh, that's got to change some of the lines a little bit, but it, did. it ended up being a good race. Uh, Zimni says it's better than Viviani crying. I, I do agree with that. Uh, it's <laughs> not always the, the best. Um, I was going to play the, so check this out. This is just a super quick clip of, some of the the shots that they had there. I mean, this this stuff. When I saw them originally, and this was blowing up all over Twitter and everywhere else. You know, Vanderbergen going over, and then Alaphilippe. Same thing with the, that same. I mean, it's a it was amazing. And for them to get this course, <clears throat> and then to basically be able to show it like this with the the camera, and uh, I, I just I was really impressed with the the being able to pick the venue at the last minute and able, and pulling it off. So congrats to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Definitely. next big thing we have is the Giro. It starts on Saturday. Um, I just thought we'd go over some real quick um, highlights of what's going on here. Three time trials. You have a 15K time trial to start with. It's got a little uphill. I wonder if they'll do a KOM time like they did in uh, stage 20 of the tour. No, they've done that in the uh, Giro before. It starts down mm -hmm. in the south and they're moved their way up. Um, there's another stage 14 has a rolling 34K time trial and then a flat 15K on the final day. So it ends on a time trial. We've seen that with Dumoulin, I want to say 17, 2000, was it 2017 when he won over uh, Nairo, beat him on the last day of time trial. Uh, several long flat days, some big climbs. They start stage three, Etna, up that volcano. Uh, we've had some gnarly stuff we've seen there. Uh, so, Garrett, this, uh, this is the odds checkers for the Tour the Giro. Garrett Thomas is f number one on the odds. Simon Yates, full saying, oh, he's full saying he's doing the Giro. Uh, Kreuzwick, Nibali, Vlasov, Ralph Micah, Superman Lopez, Wilco Kelderman, and Ivan Sosa. Those are your top 10. Sosa with the Grandiers. Grandiers. Those are your top 10 um, odds makers. Vincenzo didn't look so hot. Um, I thought he would have done better at Worlds. It seems like that would have been a course that was well suited to him and Hopefully he's just building form as, as he rides into the Giro and he wasn't peaking for Worlds because he, he might not be so hot. But he might be um, getting old. Thomas looked <clears throat> there's that. I mean, Valverde would disagree with that. But uh, from that list there, I mean, saying is a hard guy to root against. He he's just seems to. Chris, appears your internet is bugging out on us. So you're saying full saying is a hard guy to root against. I would agree. Hope everyone else still still uh, being able to connect. Um, Lopez with Astana, we just saw him come out of the tour. Who else came out of the tour? Koizwick, he didn't do the tour. So the only one that did the tour and then did this is um, Lopez. So let's see if uh, see if Chris is ever is going to come back to us someday. Um, other than that, I mean, hey, you've got a bunch of flat stages as well, and I want to say two six about eight of them. 
fairly flat and then some obviously some big big climbs um, up to Etna they go up to Sestrier on stage 20 and then add in the, the time trial as well so um, anybody post out there make Zimni make a comment if everything's streaming just fine it appears so on my side it looks like Chris just uh, ducked out in us so we'll keep continue going um, so the well the, the Giro is coming up and I'm I'm not sure who we would basically Simon Yates I know he's been flying recently uh it looks like he's probably going to be going in with uh, the the attempt or the intent to be actually a gc rider uh, rather than just a stage hunter like his brother was at the tour uh Kreuzwick, um you know he was supposed to do the tour he did third in the tour last year be interesting to see how he does nibbly is back in on his deal and we got chris coming back in here chris glad glad you came back um what do you want to say i was just kind of going over those top guys it looks like to me the only one that did the tour and then as now doing the Giro is Lopez. Um, you, you said it's hard to, and, to go um, against Fulsang, and I, I would agree with that. He's not in the top 10 here, but Zacharin as well, although I don't think he finished the tour. Uh, he, he's, he's in the in the Giro. Who? But no, Ilner um, uh, Zacharin. Oh, I was just looking at those top 10 guys, though. That... Right, right. Uh, but no, I, I, Fuglesang usually rides well, but that is a lot of climbing. And I mean, he's not the, the smallest of guys, so he might be able to handle one or two or three of these days, but all those stages that might wear on him a little bit and he might struggle. So, uh, I, I think Thomas and, and Yates are probably good picks there. Um, who is, uh, any idea who Yumba Visma is bringing to support Kreuzwick? I mean, they burnt their entire team to get second of the tour. So they, they did release their, t their, their team. And mm -hmm. I want to say the plus, uh, tool hook kind of their climbers I'm, i have to go back and look at it again it's been a little bit uh, but it wasn't as impressive you're right it was you know even well even last year in the Giro, they took you know you think oh they took sep but sep wasn't sep last year they had the plus yeah. he got came out and got sick so it really wasn't all that impressive so uh, maybe croiser you know it's a different kind of race too it's just it seems like that you don't get to just line up your climbers or your team on the front and drill it out it's just so much more different and that's why we like the Giro. so um, yeah, that's what we have. And I thought Tolhook was a sprinter. Did he win uh, a field sprint at the tour last year? Antoine Tolhook? No, you're thinking of someone uh, else. Tolhook is a little sure? climber guy. Yeah. Okay. You're thinking of um, I don't know the big guy that ended up winning the the, uh, the sprint. No, Tolhook is a little guy. He was he was out here doing okay. tour of California. Um, he's a good climber as well. Uh, how about some just the, I call them ins and outs. So there's our outs and ins for the tour or just cycling in general bunch of news that came out wanty group ccc joe rosa ntt and lotto what do you what do you have on all of those kind of highlights Ooh, on all those um well, whatever so you like, we could probably double up the the ccc uh wanty group right. discussion so ccc is is not coming back they lost their their sponsor couldn't find a sponsor so um, Want You Cycling is, is the parent company of the team that races as Circus Wanty Gobert. Uh, so they actually bought the license from Continuum Sports, which is um, Okowitz's, I guess, company that runs the, uh, the CCC team. So they're going to be moving themselves up to the world tour. Um, CCC is basically just going away. Um, it sounds like Wanty's got 18 riders on contract for next year, so they're not going to be absorbing uh, all the riders on CCC that don't have contracts, if they absorb any of them at all. Um, so, yeah, it's a bummer you lose one team, but you you gain another team uh, that that does have a pretty long history 
in, in racing. So the, the hope is that they'll be around for a while and they're just not going to be here for, for a year or two. Um, the, the bummer for them is, like I said, they've got 18 riders on contract, but they don't have any marquee riders that will have them make a, a big splash in the world tour next year. So hopefully they can fill in some of their, their vacant spots with, with some strong riders so that they can actually come in and contend and not just be the world tour team that looks to get in the break and then fall apart. Right. Right. Um, and, Cause I know most of the big names from CCC have already been scooped up, whether it's Trentine or Ben Avermatt or, or similar. So uh, I, I suspect there's gonna be some guys fishing for contracts here. Yeah. Uh, do you know, I think Greg Van Avermaet and a few of the big, big names from CCC are already gone. Right. So. Right. Yep. Just like some... Avermaet's going to uh, FDJ. Uh, Trentine, I think is going to UAE. So those are the two big names. Uh, and then they've got some other guys that are bouncing through other teams. Uh, a few other guys are going to FDJ to support Van Avermaet. Um, Brian Zimney. He says, any news on their Archaea Samsic doping scandal? Um, I mean, I, I could just say what I know, which is uh, Nairo and his brother were investigated at the tour. Um, the police did arrest someone. They said it wasn't really related to the team, but it was related to the team. I don't know. Is that a family member then? I think we, this is all the kind of stuff we talked about before. Uh, I haven't heard anything new and recent about that. Uh, they were racing today, so you? Yeah, I haven't heard anything. Um, was um, Quintana racing though, or his brother? Uh, no, he declared he's, he's clean and drug free. So, um, okay. we'll have to believe as long that. as he declared it, right. we're good. Um, NTT's pulled out as a sponsor for 2021. They were, you know, former Quebec, uh, first African American African team in the, the world tour. Um, this is Brian goes to Brian's next point is, uh, he's uh, <laughs> Ray Lewis might step up to take over NTT. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, if that is, I'm not sure the why why and what the connection is, but cool. I mean, sure, maybe he's got a connection to Ben King, so that's that's his, his deal. Huh. This is maybe fake news once again. But it sounds like they haven't, uh, they've just lost their sponsor. They haven't opted out of being a team yet, so they're not looking to, to put their, their license up on the market. Because I know, uh, was it the Manuela Foundation was... Mm -hmm attempting to bribe the Mitchelton Scott license that kind of fell apart. So it seemed like they would have been the, the group that would have stepped in and purchased the CCC license, but maybe that came with, um, Ochoitz not being able to stick on in, in some capacity, like he'll be doing with, uh, Wanty Gobert. Uh, yeah. so maybe it's something where they can step in and help out this NTT team. I don't know. That Manuela Fundusio Foundation, whatever team, they, that's just everything seems sketchy there. I mean, everyone seems to have something, and all, even CCC was getting something with them, and then everyone just kind of like, eesh. So uh, maybe yeah. this would be the Ray Lewis cycling team. That'd be, uh, eh. Um, what about the uh, Lotto Sudal kind of doing an upheaval of their riders? I just heard, yeah, the quick headline perusal that uh, 10 riders, um, kind of older support guys, won't be brought back on next year. Uh, so I, I don't know if that means they're looking to reform their team as something different, or if they're just kind of cleaning out some of the older guys that are nearing the end of their careers and, and wanting to backfill those spots. I'm, I'm not sure. Anybody of note? Uh, but, uh, Nicholas Mays uh, yeah. jumped out uh, as a name for me. He's been a, a really strong classic support guy going back to the Tom Bonin days. So it's uh, a bummer to see him uh, kind of lose out at this point. And I, he, he's probably in his late 30s, so the likelihood of him picking up a new contract is probably slim. Bummer there. Um, for the um, 
this is a tough year because I think some I think even EF and all these other, some of the other teams are just having some trouble. So it's a it's probably a yeah. buyer's market as far as teams go. You know, to buy buy riders a little cheaper this year. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of mm-hmm. leverage to be pushing against. Uh, except for maybe some of those big time riders, um, Joe Rosa, they, they've now lost their world tour status by the UCI. You know, there's a thing where the women's races that they're showing them or they have them, they have to show the, the tour or the, the, the race on TV. They did not, they kept doing, um, the Joe Rosa, they were doing, uh, like uh, delayed coverage or some highlights It's you know, it's typical, some of the, um, Italian stuff where it's just kind of shitty anyway. Uh, so now they've yeah. downgraded them because of this, and I'm like, hey, that'll that'll fix them. Let's cancel the race instead of. Uh, I the Giro Rosa, by the way, phenomenal race, nine stages, uh, a lot of climbing, very good to watch. But it's during the tour. Uh, you're you had mentioned here, and you'll talk about it in a little bit about the, just a drag on so much to to watch. Ladies, fix this schedule. Move that move that race somewhere else. I know this is a weird compact year, but every year you have it during the tour. I, I put it somewhere else. Maybe you'll get uh, live coverage. Maybe they'll fix it next year. Maybe the non-race will be live coverage next year. I don't know. So now, so it's still going to occur as a race. It's just not world tour. Now, was that going to change anything with the the stage count or the prize purses, which are, I think I sent you and Kurt a message about that recently where it's it's really nothing at this point anyway. So I don't know if that changes the incentive for teams to even go there. I mean, it's, it's a big expense if it's going to be a yeah, nine-stage yeah. race and you've got to bring the whole team. You've probably got to bring TT bikes. You've got to bring, you know, a, a bigger group. And if the payout is, is you know, not not the purse payout, but like the the yield for the team is, is minimal, I, I just don't see a lot of teams feeling the, the drive to go there. Right. And I just want to put this in that Paul Mitchell uh, chimes in with sketchy owners. He says, what about UAE and Bahrain? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you get a chic, you know, there's good motivate. Some might on the other side of that say, what about Israel startup nation? I don't know. I think they're probably fine. Look, you can look into all these, these, uh, sponsors, you know, some of them are, you know, maybe not the best or what you think, but, uh, it is weird that you get some sort of, uh, Bahrain and, uh, you know, UAE sponsoring these cycling teams. And I think from what I've heard, I think those, those guys out there, they actually really like cycling um, for some odd reason, but um, that's what it is. The uh, what the the Prince of Bahrain, he's a big time uh, triathlon wonk. So he's gone out, he's done gotcha. Kona and all that stuff on on different. You can get into Kona through different means, and uh, he didn't necessarily directly earn his way in. Uh, he got in, I think, on uh, a performance based. Um, spot but uh, i know he's got an interest in endurance sports so he it makes sense that he would have a cycling team and i think he also sponsors quite a few high level triathletes as well um and i heard mclaren was pulling out of uh, bahrain this next year so i yeah i don't know sponsors hey um paul mitchell we'll, we'll give you one other word totally with israel too it's like cold war on skinny tires yeah we're not going to go down the, the the Middle East piece in the Middle East problem right now. Uh, that's been done. You know, when they started the Giro a few years ago, uh, two maybe in in Israel, there's all kinds of you know, should we boycott? Should we do this? You know, bike racing. Um, it brings us uh, all together and causes thought, war. I thought Bjorn Reese was going to step in and save NTT or something. Yeah. Did anything? Obviously, that hasn't panned out. Well, he might step in. Did he hook up Ray Lewis? Is that what it is? <laughs> maybe Did he contact. Um, yeah. Uh, there's got to be some sort of joke about Ray Lewis's past, but anyway, um, I, I know he was stepping in as like you know manager, but I don't know that he has the he's not money bags necessarily, is he? I don't know. Sell sell his old tour Blood France bags. jersey, huh? Fun bags. What Blood bags. No. Oh. Um, how about hey Chris? 
We're gonna we're gonna go to the next lovely segment, which is some things that make you go. Oh. And you're going to tell us some things that make you go. Hmm. What do you what do you got okay. then, the thinker? I didn't really have anything great here. So the one that really stuck out to me is just um, right now the, the race density is just insane. Um, we finished the tour last week. We've already done Worlds. We've done Flesh Alone. We've got Liege Beston in three days as well as the Giro kicking off. And between being a, a fan of professional cycling, I'm exhausted. And it's only been three weeks since this has restarted. Um, it's almost feeling like the equivalent of watching NFL every single day or like the Super Bowl every single day where you're just like, I need a break. Well, I can't because the Giro starting in three days. And, and that's just for me as, as somebody watching it, I, the wear and tear on the riders must just be in insane this year because, you know, a lot of these guys, if, if they're not jumping into the Giro, guess what? They're heading straight into the classics. And as soon as that's done, you've got the Vuelta. So uh, it just makes you wonder how long they can kind of keep putting out quality efforts in, and performing at races before they just completely burn out. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if you've got that and then you couple that with, um, the Netherlands canceling races. So maybe this densely populated schedule for the next two to three months is going to thin out a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But as, as scheduled now, it's a lot of racing in a very short amount of time. And it, it seems like it might be a lot. Yeah. So my comment there is you've got, uh, yeah, there's going to be some thinning out of that as well. But the season is so short that all these guys, I think they're just like going to get my, like we were saying today. Hey, some of them are getting canceled. Get your win in while you can. Right. So everyone's riding like it could be the last race. And, you know, while we have the tour made it and some of these other races. Yeah, maybe some realization that not everywhere is going to happen. So do it. And then, I mean, rest that uh, rest over the winter. You know, you just just get it now bang this thing out. You've only got a few months left and what's the problem. And I love it because all these little races is some high quality person is there and everyone that's there is there to win. It's not just using it for fitness. The bummer is you take a wreck right now and you have an injury. You're, you might miss the the whole entire season because you're not going to come back like uh, Mike Woods in his femur. So. Exactly. And you do have a lot of guys that are racing on the, the last couple of months of their contract so they're going to be gunning really hard for performances right. and puts them in a position where they're more likely to crash so i mean like you said travis mccabe I, I haven't actually seen him get a start this year and he's on a single year contract with israel startup but he's probably going to want to perform uh, and he's not actually in races that i've seen couple that with the fact that they've brought chris Froome on as well as a bunch of other support riders for him and you feel like he's going to be the odd man out and he's in his early 30s is he going right. to land somewhere uh, he did the UAE tour and I want to say San Juan because he was doing some really pretty good lead outs for the for, for his team there. Uh, maybe even yeah. Colombia. So uh, he did get some early season stuff since the Corona. I haven't seen him. Maybe he's right. he's a high risk person. Um, anything else? Yeah. Any other little tids and bits on that one? You had another TT I, bike. I did team. have some garbage about TT bikes. We could say that for another day. It was pretty poorly researched on my part. <laughs> well, hey. The, some people don't like them. It, it, sounds, like, it sounds like it's perfect for the show. Yeah. Um, so my other thing is Dylan Gronewagen, he uh, looks like he's not going to race for the rest of the season. I mean, you know, it's bad enough. Like I said, you get a wreck and you're trying to come back from that. Now you are getting, you wreck someone out. You're getting a lot of death threats. You feel horrible about this. The guy almost dies, right? Uh, Jakobsen, I think, is sending stuff to someone on the sidelines that helped him. He said, you know, you saved my life. Uh, so Dylan is also under UCI. They haven't made it any kind of judgment on this. So he's out for the rest of the season, not only from the injuries. I just think mentally he, he's probably not 
good to go there. But it made me think that, you know, we saw his move. We saw, the, you know, take him into the barrier. It's, it's you know, we, we've talked about that at Ed and Fadden. But there were more, you know, Caleb Ewing at the tour, everyone made a big deal about when he snuck and we weaved his way in and won, how great that was. But one clip of the wheel, it's just as bad as this. Um, and yeah. this, he gets a stage win out of it. Sagan gets relegated for what he did. And this poor, poor bastard uh, is probably not going to race for the rest of the season. Um, mentally, he may he may even, never come back. Who knows? He even saw it in Worlds in, in the, the women's sprint for second. Uh, <laughs> yes, I he mean, did. I mean, literally, Borghini was putting her into the barricade. Uh, and it's just, you know, it was something that I think was a good talking point for a few days. And then it was like, well, shoot, we still got a race. So, and my team still wants me to perform. So I'm going to push the boundary until I get relegated. Um, you saw that with Saga. Um, and from what I read, it doesn't sound like the UCI has even started to dig into um, into the case for, for Grunewig. And, and Grunewig's team said, yeah, we're just going to kind of quietly bring him back in, in 2021 uh, to, to start his racing. So I think they're resigned to the fact that this is not going to get resolved and, and it's better to just kind of let the anger kind of fade away and, and roll him back in 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 the next season and like anything in sport it seems like the best way to to recover from from that fan hatred is to win i mean if he puts right. up a couple wins i imagine people will quickly forget and cheer for him again that's right. kind of how it works i don't know did, did, did more people cheer or or hate at chris Frim for winning he got a lot of urine thrown at him so it yeah. goes both ways um the last thing I had was I saw today on the podium, the girls, the, the females finish their race and they get up there and, you know, you have all, I say call them losers. You got all these dignitaries up on the podium. So then the people have to be masked, the, the riders, and you don't get a chance to take a photo, but they all came together to do a bunch photo. The women took their, their masks up. They're saying, F this, we're going to have a picture. So they got it and the men didn't. Um, they need to do something. It's it's the one time they're on the podium and they're all masked up. They need to, you're, you're riding together move those dignitaries off or have them up there, then move them off. Let them take a picture on the podium. This has got to stop. I know Paul Mitchell uh, might have a problem with, with what I said after our discussion on, on Facebook, but um, I'm just saying they're, they're riding together. Let them have their moment with their faces. What do you say? I, I think that makes sense. And I did that at the tour where, yeah, you can probably do the, the big group podium with masks and the podiums are large enough where, you know, you can probably have the guys, maintain that appropriate distance from each other, snap the photo without masks, throw them back on, you know, Hey guys, hold your breath for five seconds so we <laughs> can snap breath. a photo. Um, but yeah, it, it, it seems like, you know, the, yeah, the masks um, can probably be figured out for, for podium shots where, where they can get these for people who 20, 30 years from now can show their grandkids and say, see, I, I, I was a somebody at one point. Right. I saw it's really there. It's not somebody under mask. And when I took my son up to college, <clears throat> we were in um, this uh, Walmart because that's what you do. You go buy stuff there. And this guy came in and he had a mask that had he had taken a picture of his face and then put it on a mask. So I'm just like, what the heck? It was a. It was a. He was not an attractive man, masked or not. So some oh, of those people. Bummer. How about how about your writer of the week or the month, and then we're done. Yeah, since you expanded to the month, uh, I, I guess week would apply as well. But I'm going with uh, Anna Vanderbregen. Um, mm. She had a hell of a month. She won the Giro Rosa. She won the World's TT. She won the World's Road Race, and she won her sixth Flash Balloon. I mean, that's 
you can't really have a better month than that. You win everything you enter. I mean, that's, that's darn solid. And to cap it off, I think, I don't know what the rest of her season looks like, but she's retiring at the end of the year too. So, oh. I mean, if you're oh. going to go out on top, you're, right. you're going out with a bang. Yeah, she is. Sure. I, I must say that the Giro and the world's TT, she only, only won those because people wrecked out. Just throwing that out there. You gotta stay on your bike, right? Right. Yeah, you know what? Very good point. Um, I'm going with Hershey and Alaphilippe kind of combining. These guys are very similar riders. You saw them competing against each other at the Tour Stage 2. Um, Hershey comes out and wins a race that Alaphilippe has won. Alaphilippe's a lot like uh, Valverde, you know, that little kick at the end, exciting riders. Give it to those guys. Um, I always love um, when a world champion is someone who is very active and up there in the big races. And so we're going to definitely see that unless he parties too hard and, you know, you don't see Alaphilippe next year. But when you get, you know, the Caleb Ewing and these guys, that Gilbert, uh, I don't know if he had a great time, but in his jersey. Remember Sagan had a little tough time there a few times. But um, I love to see one of those top near, top-notch guys wearing the rainbow jersey and showing it well. So pretty excited to see that. So give them to him. That's what I've got. That's- yeah, I know him. I think it was good to see. I think, you know, you've got those two guys there, Hershey and Alaphilippe. And I think if Hershey figures out how to time his sprints right, he'll he'll have much better success. Uh, he, um, I don't know. Uh, he did well in, in stage two. He did well in the, the climbing stage against Gachar and, and Roglic. So he's, he's got some good kick. All right, you're getting fact-checked here as we, we do it. Uh, is Chris Wallace coming in here. Uh, John Mill says, I thought Anna up. was uh, retiring at the end of 2021. Zimni Palzon, Vanderbergen is leaving 2021 season without a rainbow jersey in the Peloton. Bummer. So we don't know. That would be a bummer, right? She wins. She's going to retire at the end of the season. Um, and if that's the case, then who's going to wear the jersey? I bet she doesn't retire, whether, whether you say so or not, Chris. That's just uh, what I'm going out with. You don't think that I have any input on it? <laughs> I don't know that you have, have input or what do you have. Um, any last words before we head out on episode 204 Between Two Wheels podcast and we start heading into the Giro? No, it's just a bummer we're running out of daylight here to actually get out and ride our bikes. Right. So it's 1.30 in the afternoon. By the way, people try to always do these live, let you know when we're doing them so, so you can join in. There's still some light out there right now, Chris. So if you want to go head out for a ride, I think you're you're still within your, uh, you know, time slot got work to do gotta do work all right well thanks everybody joining us once again check us out subscribe that's all we ask you to do just click the little button maybe give us a little bit of a star a review say we love chris we hate tyler and uh, where's kurt i think that's the the mantra that was kurt's review all right thanks everybody thanks chris yeah